you know, the biggest thing that anybody that's gonna you know, make a jump into real estate or jump into another business, know what you're getting yourself into, have a plan and execute on that plan. Execution is the biggest thing that you have to do as an entrepreneur. Big it up, big it up. Yep. Welcome to Let's Talk Real with Mel. I'm here with the Jeremy Knight, the real Jeremy Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like of the Knight Group in Austin, Texas. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, your team. What does that look like? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I'm in Austin, Texas. We're a husband wife team. We've been together selling homes together for almost eight years now. I got in right before my wife did, and then pretty funny story. I'd been selling homes for about seven or eight months, brand new agent, and we were just. I was just overwhelmed. We, I was selling so many homes because we were, I was hustling. So you were hitting out the gate. I was yeah. hustling four or five hours a day on the phones. I was hustling. So literally went, my wife uh, actually worked from home and she sold life insurance. So I come home one day, I literally like hung up one of her calls. I'm like, you would be much better served working with me and, and being a team versus making these calls. You can be making calls for me, quit your job. And she literally quit that day. So that was your first hire. Yeah, but I first had my wife. <laughs> yeah, but we've grown. Um, so I have a, a pretty big YouTube channel where you get a lot of business out of. So hustling in different ways. channel? So it's uh, just my name, Jeremy Knight. Okay. Moving to Austin, guide. We moved it to. Uh, you're moving to Austin, realtor. Okay. Um, but yeah, so so we have that, and so we have about a five person team, and we we hustle and have a lot of fun in Austin. Okay. Yeah. And what is that team? So is it, so the, your wife's license. Wife's well. license. Yeah. So um, the way we have it set up is that I pretty much do all the listings, work with. You know, kind of like, you know, unique investor clients. My wife is my, pretty much my dominant buyer's agent. And then we have two other buyer's agents. I have a, a licensed TC and then I have a uh, licensed assistant. Okay. So, yeah, and the, the, so everybody's licensed. Everybody's licensed, yeah. So having a licensed assistant was our latest hire and it has been the best hire. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Got a licensed assistant. And, and so that and that's, and that's so that way she can have those conversations. Yeah, she, that, yeah so she like the conversations. Part. If we, uh, you know, if we're in a pinch and we need somebody to go and lock a door or, you know, do any of those things, write up a contract for, you know, compliant in our state. Okay. Got it. And yeah. now, hey, you're in Austin, mm-hmm. killing in Austin. What's your, what's your, what's your business look like right now? So you know, the team, but what is the, like, what's, how many, how many families have you served? How many? Uh, yeah. So we, we roughly help about 80 to hundred families a year. That's kind of like the right in our wheelhouse. As we're growing our team, we're starting to be able to help more people. The biggest problem we had, we were growing so fast especially the YouTube channel that we couldn't really work with everyone that was coming through. We just didn't have the bandwidth. So now that we're opened up and having more agents, we actually can facilitate helping more families. But you know, our goal for this year was to do a hundred million. We're getting pretty close to that. Okay. And from in, in Austin has gotten really tough for the last few months. So the challenge with just the market shifting, but it has still been a very good year for us and we're having a lot of fun. That's the most important part. Okay. So you, you were getting more, basically more leads than you could handle, and, and, but you because you want to maintain a certain quality of service. Right, right. And so, you know, putting in those serve, those like, you know, uh, systems in place to really like how a lead comes in, how can we actually talk to them, how that, all those conversations go, stuff that we really like worked on over the last few months because we realize that there's a lot of people that I'd run into. Be like, oh, I love your YouTube channel. It's so great. We actually try to work, reach out to you and work with you, but we never heard back. So we bought a house over here. It's like, oh, yeah, so many lot of opportunities. Yeah. And, and it's fine because we got to help a lot of really amazing people. And the, the coolest part about having a YouTube channel is people get lost on your YouTube channel, right? They come in and they binge watch, right? You go to Netflix, you binge watch a ton of 
content or you know find a tv show you love mm -hmm. what's great about the youtube channels people come in they binge watch and they feel like they know you the greatest part is you have amazing clients you get to work with so there might have been some missed opportunities yet we got to help amazing people over the last two years especially with the youtube channel so it's mm -hmm. been a lot of fun yeah and i know that it's it's tough when they when you hear those stories of like yeah i tried to reach out to you yeah. i've gotten those before yeah. but you but but the thing is probably if you had tried to help everyone you wouldn't be where you are. Yeah, yeah. The service would have gone somewhere. You know, it wouldn't have been great. So you know, it, it's okay because you know I know what the missed opportunities are. I know how to fix it, and so that's what we're working on. Right now. Okay, we're yeah. constantly improving, right? I mean, yeah, you got to get better, you know. And how? And and speaking of that, I mean, we were both in the in the ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, how you you believe? Obviously, you believe in coaching and, yeah. and learning and developing and getting better. Yeah. And you don't do it all by yourself. You don't try like, to figure yeah, it out by yourself. Yeah, I mean. Look, you know, you think about the greatest people in sports, they, they had coaches at any level, even though they were the professional, they had coaches. And I think that's how I approach, you know, being in a coaching client. There's things that are going to always be a blind spot for us. No matter how much we think we know or how much we do, we're always going to have blind spots or need help in places. And so, you know, especially like the Tom Ferry ecosystem that we're in, you know, the great part about being an ecosystem like this is when I need help in D.C. or have somebody that, you know, it's like, hey, I need a great agent in D.C. or Maryland. I'm like, I got somebody great for you. And how I know that has had opportunities. So that we've taken time to learn from each other. And so I can confidently tell my clients, well, this person's amazing because of all of these reasons. So not only just the coaching part about being a good ecosystem with amazing people is I think that's bigger almost than just the coaching itself. Yeah, so it's a, it's a combination. So not just the learning, the development, getting better on the tactical, yeah. but the relationships. Right, that you make in, in a coaching environment. Yeah, and any and just any and a coaching environment, especially in this one. Right, right, and you know we would have never met had we not been in this system, and we wouldn't be able to learn each other from each other. Right, this is not being in this system. So yeah, and I, I learned a lot from. I mean, you're you're the king on that. <laughs> I learned a lot from you. Thanks, man. Well, I mean, look, I think you're crushing it and doing some amazing things. I would have never thought to like grow brokerage, so I love like what you're doing and having all fun that stuff there. So. Yeah. yeah, we're working on it. It's a work in progress. You know, it's always a work, work. It's always a work in progress. Yeah. We're done. Even the top, top, top people, oh, they're right. always working. Yeah. Trying to get better. 100%. Yeah. So, all right, so eight years in real estate. Eight years, yeah. Um, what'd you do before real estate? Yeah, so here's crazy. So I got out of college. I was actually going to go to a flight program. I found out how much the pilots made, and I was like, no. Oh, so you wanted to be a pilot? When, yeah. That, was that a lifelong dream? When you yeah, yeah. So I, I, you know, went to college, paid for my own college, did everything myself got really expensive really fast when you're trying to go through a flight program and I find out how much pilots made right out of the gate and I was like this is going to be really rough for me so um at the time I've been working at Costco and they're like hey let's promote you let's promote you let's promote you and it's great great and so I was actually when I left Costco I was part of their sales department we had the fastest growing sales department we were crushing it and so I went I knew the answer to this but I went to my bosses and I said hey you know I just put another two hundred fifty thousand dollars in your bottom line you know, what What do I get out of this? And they're like, oh, just a accolades, right? Accolades. So it was there where I go, look, I have the business acumen. I've been through, you know, adversity. I know how to get through things. I need to create my own business and create my own thing. And from there, I literally gave myself, like, you're talking about having cushy jobs with benefits and all that stuff. I left all that just to go solo and become an agent. So I was not going to fail. I think if anybody in whatever you do, you have to have that mindset. I'm not going to fail. Because, you know, the biggest thing in, you know, whether you're in Tom Ferry ecosystem or whatever you're doing, your mindset is the best thing. It's going to help you the most. And so if you focus on one thing, like, you know, we're sitting here and we're talking about listings. If you focus on going after listings, you will get listings. If you focus after one thing, you will do one thing. 
Same thing with my YouTube channel. When I started growing this thing, I said, I need to grow it. I need to grow it right. And so I learned what I could and just hit the ground running. And I, I knew it was going to be a success. I knew I was going to get business out of it. No matter how many people told me I was wrong. I mean, it told me how many people told me you're not going to get business off YouTube. And now people are reaching out to me going, hey, tell me about this YouTube. Right. <laughs> and so, so you were right a few years back. Yeah. So I think, you know, the biggest thing that anybody that's going to you know, make a jump into real estate or jump into another business, know what you're getting yourself into, have a plan and execute on that plan. Execution is the biggest thing that you have to do as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's growing a business, as somebody who's trying to, you know, you know, level up in life. Mm -hmm. Having a goal and executing that goal are the most important things for you as an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, and that's a good point because we, we real estate is just, you know, one of the businesses that yeah. we're in. Yeah. Um, but it, so these, the principles apply to no matter whether you're opening a barbershop or a nail salon or a restaurant, yeah. you have to market, yep. market, market your yourself, food, you market your yourself. Community. Yeah. You have to be active. You have to reach out and have relationships. If you don't, can't do those things, it's going to be a lot harder on yourself. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of people, you know, in real estate and in, uh, in, in most businesses fail within the first few years. Right. Real estate has a very high failure rate. Yeah. And it's really, I think, because people just don't make a plan. They just kind of say, I'm going to open up, you know, they have a dream, like, like the yeah. email, you know, yeah. they have a, uh, what they call it an entrepreneurial seizure yeah. and they have, and they say, I'm going to open a XYZ business. Yeah. And then they don't really have a plan. They just kind of open, they find a lease and then they look up and they're in business and, and then don't understand why customers don't. Well, especially with real estate, the bar of entry is so incredibly low. I think it's probably why the perception of realtors isn't always the highest is the bar is so low. You have, you know, the, the minimum producers and the high volume producers will make what makes the difference execution, having a plan, focusing on that plan. So the people that get into real estate, what happens is you, you go through, you take these classes. I'm a real estate agent. Let me sell some homes. But you have, have no idea what it is to be a business owner. Now, the people that come into real estate having business experience and know what it is like to grow a business are highly successful very quickly. And so I think that's the biggest thing. If you're getting into an industry like this or you're creating a business or creating opportunity for yourself that plan and executing that plan, like I said earlier, are the foundation of you having success or not having success. Yeah. So now, so like uh, I had a mentor once say, you know, you, you, you plan your work, you make your plan, you plan your work, and then you actually work your plan. Yeah. A lot of times people do the, do the planning part and then they stop short because they keep, they want to plan right. and plan some more and plan right. some more and that execution sometimes doesn't happen. Yeah. Analysis by paralysis or yeah. paralysis by analysis. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's the thing too, you know, you, you hear the, the saying in our, in our ecosystems, there's people that are ready to get ready, the people that are getting ready and the people are just doing, right? right? And so- Which one are you? The one I- They're doing. And yeah, I was great. Right. Here's where, he, like, you know, it's, it's funny because my wife and I are completely opposite. You know, when I look at what we're going to do, I'm like, okay, there's the end goal. Let's get there. And my wife has to plan, like fully, fully plan everything. And so like, I'm leaps and bounds ahead of her. I'm like, yeah, this is the idea. Here's what we're going to do. And she's like, well, hold, hold on. The cost of this and all this, and I've already, like, in my brain, gone, we're going to here no matter what, so right. we got to figure it out. Right. Yeah, no, no, and this is where we're going. She's the one that fills it in. So it's good. Whatever you do, have somebody who's the complete opposite to you in your business because it'll definitely keep you. Accountability partners. Yeah. Otherwise, we, yeah. we, we have yeah. driven off the cliff a bunch yeah. of times. Yeah, the dreamers would just float off in yeah. space, which is me. Yeah. You know? yeah, I'm more of a doer, too, so I yeah. need that balance. Yeah. All right, so earlier, so you mentioned some adversity. I'm sure that you yeah. never had any. I'm sure that you started your business, you hustled, you yeah. wife started, and then everything has been been gravy. Yeah, spent. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, real estate is just uh, champagne and Bentley. That's you know? it. That's <laughs> right. Cab pasta yeah, 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 cab so, yeah. Share. I know you've, you've, um, you know, we've all had yeah. some adversity and and some very significant right. adversity. Um, you know, and this is let's talk real. Share share a, a time of challenge. Um, 
It could yeah. be business, it could be personal, just a time of challenge and how you kind of overcame that. Yeah, you know, I I would say, when, just speaking about real estate in general, you know, if we look at it from a business aspect, my first year in real estate, I was up for rookie of the year. I was, you know, I had to figure it out. It was a full year of just grinding, 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 grinding. Well, my second year in real estate, and, and we did okay. I mean, we only like $4 million that year, which, you know, if you look at commissions on that, it's not that much. Yeah, yeah. So it was a foot right percent, right? Four million dollars may look yeah. good you're, in terms of house sale, yeah. but the commission on that. Yeah, you're talking probably made like 120 grand that year, take 35% to the government, 30% to my broker, right? And all the fees, and you're broke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, I think usually I tell people like what it's like to sell real estate. Yeah, you make 100 grand, but you actually don't. You make like 20 grand at the end of it. Uh, my second year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to expand and grow a, bit, a team. And by the end of my second year, we had sold so many homes. We were so successful on paper. And so you actually, the bottom line, we're completely broke. I had taken all the things that I was trying to get the business for this. You know, those, those people that call you and say, hey, we can help your business do this for, you know, $20 a month, right? Right. Yeah. 99 a month. Yeah. And let's leave yeah. that up. Yeah. You know, with real estate, you get $20 a month pretty quick, you know? Yeah. And so by the end of the year, I thought, okay, it was going to happen to me. You know, the thing that I thought that wouldn't happen to me that I was working hard not to was that I was going to have to get out of real estate because I was broke. And so I really sat down, looked at the expenses. I went through and looked at what was actually making me business or making me dollars and what I could cut out. And we dropped about $7,000 a month out of our wow. budget. And the next year, that's more, that's like two full-time salaries. Exactly. I mean, for female, most exactly. people, I mean, you know, I mean, 3,500 a month is a, yeah. is a, is like a regular, yeah. you know, working salary. And, and, and so you, you were able to kind of trim yeah. like the equivalent of two employees. Yeah. And in 2021, when we finished the year and did our numbers, my, my CPA was like, you know, Hey, you know, what was your, um, margin? We're in 90% margin by the end of the year. So I run very, very lean and I figured out how to run lean and how to make make the most minor things uh, get you the most amount of business. And so I think that was like learning that adversity and going, I'm, I have a, an option. I can go back to Costco and work at Costco, which I told myself I would not do, or I can figure this out and, and change the things I was doing wrong. I think that was the biggest like life lesson is, is sitting back. Cause sometimes, you know, we, as high D high eyes, right. We, we run and run and run, but taking a moment to actually look at all those expenses and reevaluate my business and we took off the next year. It was amazing. So, so you made an adjustment, you know, an in, in game adjustment, we can say adjustment because, completely. you know, a lot of times, you know, we, you know, and I've done it, you know, you, you, you have this plan, you're, you're working this plan yeah. and then you, you, you do the adjustment, you do the assessment yeah. after the fact, hundred percent. And then you look back and say, man, if I had only monitored my progress, like what yeah. you monitor, what you track improves. Yeah. As Tom says, right? Right. So you, you know, what, what, what you track improves and you've been, and so once you started tracking, you realize cut, cut, cut these different costs and, 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 and went from there. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. If you look at like, uh, you know, if you measure success, the people who are more successful, it's all a bunch of decisions. It's decisions that, you know, somebody say, oh, you're lucky. Are you lucky? It's minor decisions that set you up to be in the right spot to be lucky. And so. I think if you're if you're doing anything, you have to think about what the end goal is and and very smartly make the right decisions. Now you're gonna make a bunch of wrong decisions. You're gonna fail. Like in that in that moment, I had failed, and so but I made the smart decisions and I put myself in positions here and here. I did this instead of this. You know, one thing especially in this business is somebody is an agent that's struggling. And I see this a lot. Agents are struggling or trying to grow a business. They'll go after every piece of business they can instead of having the ability to say no to 
specific pieces of business that are going to take too much of their time. Like, okay, I'm going to make $10,000 right here. I got to do it. And then you waste all of this time. And at the end of it, you're mad at yourself and you you missed out on a $100,000 business right, over that $10,000. Trying to sell a piece of land. Right. Yeah. Two, 20 more right. Out of and that's the biggest problem in this industry. A lot of agents get in this industry and you ask them, why did you get in this industry? Oh, I wanted to make my own schedule and the money. If you get into real estate for the money, you will fail immediately. Yeah, there's I, there's not enough. Uh, I would say there's not enough money in real estate to do it just for the money. Right. You know, hundred percent. You know, we we help. What what's what I I'll say I'll share. I love you know the the people that we meet, the awesome families right. and the lives we change. Right. You know, the money is ancillary to that. And right. Then obviously we need money to pay our bills and that right. kind of thing. But but we meet a lot of folks. Right. A lot of cool folks like would never met you. I know. Right. <laughs> so it's I met you. Right. Fan, yeah. Tell me. I mean, we know that you have a wife. You, yeah. Husband, wife, team. Um, kids. Yeah, so we have a ten year old fish. Yeah, ten year old son, no goldfish, two beautiful fur babies. Okay. Yeah, and you know, it's tough whether you have one, ten kids, it's really tough to have kids and, you know, be in a business like this. And it's even tougher when either half of your business is your uh, you know, your partner in life, right? Yeah, wife or husband, whatever. whatever. Yeah. And so yeah, so that is pose a lot of unique things, right? There's a lot of times my son, you know, it, it's interesting is I didn't grow up with having a business mindset. Just not my my family is from a very like you know not wealthy area of California, and so we didn't I didn't have any like successful people to look up to, and so what's great about the situation I put myself my son in or myself and my family in is that now like when we're doing things I'm teaching my son the value of a dollar like how to actually do this why we're doing this it's Sunday at three o'clock and we're working why are we doing this well here's the bigger picture of why we're doing this at a three o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday. And so it's great that I've been able to kind of like my son has been able to sit back and see a business in, in action. So hopefully in the future, he will be that business owner or he will be able to be an entrepreneur on his own because he's seen and at least understand yeah. it and understand yeah. like you said, the value of money. I think that's very important. Yeah. Um, and we talked a lot about that legacy. Right. You know, and that's a, that's one thing that's important to me. I know that's important. Yeah. Of course. And it's not just it's not really the money. We did a we did a thing on it. So it's really about the mindset. Right. You know, that's how you because if you have the right if 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 you don't have the right mindset, it doesn't matter how much money you leave your kids. Right. Uh, They're, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be gone. I mean, 100 percent. Like you, you hear all these people or these stories of people that win the lottery and then they're broke immediately after. If I were to win the lottery, I would actually be even richer after winning the lottery because I'd know how to invest that, how to create business, ancillary businesses. I know I have that business mindset where eight years ago, I would have not, I would have blown it all like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. But that's, that's um, yeah, that, unfortunately, that is a, a truth that happens. Yeah. So you, I want to touch on something you said because I didn't really, you didn't, you don't, you know, some, you don't see the husband and wife entrepreneur a yeah. lot. Right. And and for very long. Right. I'll say a lot of, you know, they may try it. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. that has its own set of challenges, which we'll probably talk about another day. But but the, the child or children in that situation, you know, it's one thing if you have, you know, the husband entrepreneur or the wife entrepreneur. Yeah. And then the other person has a new typical nine to five. And then yeah. that way that, you know, you know, dinner and breakfast and everything can be handled by the one spouse. How 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 I mean, from your perspective as a as a dad, how do, how do you think your 10 year old really looks like? Man, my parents are super busy all the time. Well, you know what's interesting is kids just need attention, right? And this is something, you know, my son's 10 now. It's something I've had to really sit and understand because there's times where you're trying to work on something or work on a project and they don't get why you're not helping them or you're not giving them attention. 
what's interesting is if you make them part of what you're doing, they will be more attentive and they want to actually be involved. So the more you're giving them attention by allowing them to be part of your process or your business, it actually is better for them because they just want to be involved, right? Mm -hmm. And now you're still spending time with them and that's all they want. They want safety. So you're showing them safety. Now there's times where, you know, I'm in the room clinking away and I could hear myself in a video game. I'm thinking to myself, okay, how can I get him involved in what I'm doing? So now like with the YouTube stuff, I have him involved in shooting content with me. I have him involved in like, hey, sit down. I'm going to show you how we edit these videos. And so he's sitting here learning. He's like, I want to create my own YouTube channel. I'm like, no, you can't create your own YouTube channel. He's like, why not? I'm like, you can't create it until you understand the process. Okay. And so, so now he's engaged. So now he wants I've to told learn. No. Okay. I've told him no, and now he wants it even more. To turn the no into yeah. yes. So now he's learning how to shoot, how to use a camera, how to create content, how a story, how to storyboard and tell a story. So he's, he wants to be involved because at first, if you give a kid a camera, what are they going to do? They're going to make some like, silly content for other kids, right? Mm-hmm. There's silly things, goofy faces, play with toys. But now he's like thinking about storyboarding. He's thinking about how to do things, how, how, how to film different angles, all of these things. And I've made him part of the process instead of just going on my yeah, own and like, my phone. Yeah, here's, a, yeah, here's yeah, the channel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. So he, he's, he might be the, the next Jeremy Knight coming out there. I, you know, if, if he does, cool. <laughs> yeah, taking over the channel. Yeah. Actually, at the show. Yeah, hopefully, he'll be like more of the, the more like Michael Bay, but you know, that'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. And so now. Share, share, um, I mean, that was some, I mean, you, you know, kind of how you started in that, you know, kind of, I'll say, you know, coming to Jesus moment of, am I yeah. going to, you know, go back into nine to five yeah. or, you know, damn it, this thing has to work right. um, and make it work. But um, sh- share a time when, um, you know, kind of a, or a unique situation or a wild story that you had with like a client. I know you have, I know we all have lots of like interesting story. And you have a story that you can share. This is a PG-13. PG-13? 13? Okay. Yeah, 13, yeah. So we're good. You know, okay. you know, I, oh, yeah, they have the other in R-17. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah 13, 13, yeah. Yeah, you know, in this industry, in this business, there's a lot of times that, you're, that I've had to make tough decisions, and a lot of it comes down to, is this client the right client for me? You know, I can't think of a, a moment, like, we all have the daily stresses and I can tell you all the daily stresses and people are like, that's, that's a lame daily stress. But there's a lot of times I've had to say no to clients and that's a very, very hard thing to do, especially when they're multi-million dollar clients and you're looking at, man, I can make a hundred dollars a dollar paycheck right here. Or I can work with somebody that's going to actually make my life miserable. I'm probably going to get sued at the end of this and it's not worth it. And there's been several of those instances where I go, you know what, this is just not worth it. I had a guy the other day, literally this was like a week ago and this guy's reaching out to me. And we're starting the process, wants to buy a $6 million house in Austin. I'm like, awesome. Let's find a $6 million yeah, house. Let's do it. And then as I'm asking more, no, but most people would see, see okay, let's run. $6 million, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Get in the car. Let's. But I've been in this. I've been burned so many times by people that, you know, the, what's the saying? Buyers are liars, right? I mean, I don't think necessarily buyers are liars, but buyers just don't know what they don't know. Right. And so as I start asking more questions, some more of the things started to like not make sense. And so finally I got to a point where this guy's like, are you going to write off for me? No, I go, I go, no, I, and this is just not for me. Too many red flags. I had a scenario where, and then from another scenario, I helped this guy who was like, we got to hustle through this, rush through it. We rushed all the way through. We went, we got to the very end of closing a property and the lender was like, oh, this guy's not proof. We haven't done anything on this file. And this guy lost $53,000. I kept warning him, you are about to lose $53,000 on this in earnest money, or is this a $6 million house? This is a different scenario. Right. Like you, like, you know, you need to get your stuff together. To, and it was such a time suck for me. 
because it was constant. I was on the phone with his lenders, on all, all the phone with the other agent. The other agents were mad because we we're. Then we had to push closing, and then we had to push closing. And they're like, if we push close again, he's miss. He's losing his fifty three thousand dollars. We're done. And we got to that point, and he lost fifty three thousand dollars. But he goes, Jeremy, I go to uh, Sonoma and spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars on wine. Fifty three thousand dollars is nothing to me. I'm like. Okay. Well, it's something to me, okay. right? And yeah. Time. Yeah. Uh, and the an effort and your right. reputation. And so, and so, you know. being that I have been in that situation before, now I can tell this guy, like, hey, this just is too many red flags. I don't want that situation again. Now, I could have closed that deal. It could have done that, um, but I don't know that it was going to be 100 percent because we lost that. He he lost that 53 grand in that other scenario, and I had to walk away with zero dollars in my pocket. And all those other clients that I would have helped in that time. Got pushed by the wayside because I was so focused on on that one that one six million dollar transaction. Four months later, he goes, "Hey, I want to buy a house in San Antonio, which is an hour and a half away from me, and it's a four million dollar house. Can you take me to this one?" And we put that under contract and close it. But that was a nightmare in itself too. So, we're, you know, so my, my whole point is, people chase dollars sometimes, and sometimes you can't chase the dollars. You have to go and trust your gut and go with the people that you know are going to be good for you in your business. Right. And all, because it's not just the, 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 the money losses, yeah. the time lost, which yeah. you can't get back. You know, you were able to get the money back on a yeah. different transaction. Yeah. Um, for a lot or 65% of it. Less, right. Yeah. Um, and, but you, but you did twice the work cause you did the whole work the yeah. first time. And, but you, but the, the, your reputation with that agent on the other side of uh, the transaction, exactly. And, and you look like, it, yeah. And thankfully, you know, I was very transparent with the other agent about the situation, you know, what we can be transparent with. And, yeah. and there's just a lot of things we can't dis disclose about our clients, but I was very transparent about what was happening. So we still had a great relationship afterwards, but it had it been anybody else probably in that situation, it may not, it have, may worked. not have worked out. And you know, when you're looking at trying to break into a luxury market mm -hmm. and you're one of your first big luxury deals and you fumble it, even though it's not your fault, you fumbled it. Yeah, we take the blame. Yeah, we take yeah, the blame. It doesn't matter. You're going to tell me that not other agents aren't going to hear from her about how bad Jeremy Knight was on this transaction, right? I'm sure she probably told quite a few people, but it makes me look bad because I was chasing dollars on that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good story. Yeah. Man, but at least he, at least he did come back and get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, but at the end of the day, I still had, I still have gotten zero clients from him after that. And I still have that bad experience in my mind. Right. So that's the thing is like, I can go after and help a client in the four or $500,000 price point. Right. And, or even lower, maybe, you know, maybe you're helping somebody the trailer. Like in Austin, we have, you know, on the outskirts, you have a lot of like single wide lots and things like that. So you're talking like less than $100,000 deal. You can spend more time with having a happy cheerleader person. Like they become your cheerleader. Right. And next thing you know, maybe you're selling one of their friends a three, $400,000 home. Now you sell one of their friends a half Eight, million dollar yeah. home. And then now you're working with clients you have never worked with because you went after people that would become your cheerleaders. And that's one thing I really love about the YouTube channel. So when people are done, they become my my cheerleaders again, because they've already watched the channel, they trust us. And that's the biggest thing I, I think, you know, as real estate agents, if you think of the hierarchy of like trust and business, like you have lawyers down here and realtors are like, right, right. 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 And then about at, the, at the very bottom of the barrel, as far as trust goes. And so when you're able to put out content and give people information that is you know, not necessarily just all positive, but truthful, like, Hey, here's the truth of the situation. Good, here's yeah, a good, ugly. good, bad, and ugly. Once you've built that trust, then it makes it a lot easier in your business because you you've built a business on trust. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And yeah. and you're coming from a uh, what I hear you saying is you're coming from a place of service, ultimately. So you you know you'll you'll help the six million dollar client, 
and, and you'll help the eighty thousand dollars. Yeah, you get you get burned by one six million dollar client, and you realize you appreciate the clients that are at other price points that are going to be your cheerleaders and fans. You know, pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. I've got a quote. Let me read the uh, okay the quote of the day. Ideas are yesterday. Execution is today, and excellence will see you into tomorrow. Julian Hall. Quote of the day. I need that quote. All right. So if if I have um. You know, I know you you're huge YouTube. You can search yeah. Jeremy Knight on YouTube or just on Google. But Google, if, yeah. if someone if someone wanted to talk to you about maybe joining your team and 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 they wanted to be a, a, a you kick a, yeah. guys realtor like you, or they wanted to you know buy a house in Austin or sell a house in Austin or in the surrounding yeah. area, how how would we reach you? Yeah, easy. So you just you really could just find me on YouTube. All my contact information's there. Just Jeremy Knight, Instagram at the real Jeremy Knight. I have a lot of people DM me like, hey, sell you on YouTube. I want to get in touch. Great way to do that as well. You can go to our websites as well, austinnighthomes.com, all of those ways, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. It's been fun. All right. Your camera guy's awesome, by the way. Like